crises come and go for people and sometimes they don't realize there's help out there. Sometimes they undermine their own feelings and they feel, well, this shall pass and I have to feel miserable for this period of time. When in reality, at that particular time, there's always somebody ready to listen, to help, to help you navigate through that process. It is important to connect with others. It is important to have that other person who will listen to you and will be empathetic and help you through this very difficult time in your life. Everybody at Grassroots is ready and able to provide that listening ear, that time for the individual. We always invite people to connect with us, to take that first step. Welcome to What's the 211 Podcast where we provide you with information about resources and programs in your community. 211 Maryland is a health and human service line for anyone seeking help for themselves or someone else. You can dial 211 if you need help with food, rent, or other services, or visit our website at www.211md.org. If you or someone you know needs to talk about their mental health or substance abuse, dial or text 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to What's the 211 Podcast. My name is Quentin Askew, President and CEO with Maryland Information Network, 211 Maryland, and I am excited to have our special guest today, Dr. Mariana Israelson, Executive Director of Grassroots Crisis Intervention Center. Dr. Mariana, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here today. Yes, thank you. Definitely thank you for joining us. Could you tell us a little bit about Howard County Grassroots Crisis Intervention Center? Absolutely. So Howard County Grassroots Crisis Intervention Center is a 24-7 crisis center. We offer homeless services and crisis services in-house for anybody. We have a walking center that is 24-7 urgent care. We have an urgent care for substance use disorders. We offer withdrawal management for opiate use disorders and stimulants use disorders, as well if an individual suffer with substance use disorders, they can come here at any time. We have an individual, single gender, male, female, or identified for individuals, as well as we have a family shelter for individuals and their children, anyone under the age of 18 years old. We have a homeless program for anyone that is experiencedly homeless. We provide an assessment and enter them into the system for Howard County, and then we identify resources if the shelter is unable to accommodate at that time. Our crisis center encompasses the in-house services plus community services. We have a partnership with Howard County Police Department where we offer mobile crisis team responses to the entire county. We partner with the school system, so we respond to every organization in the county as well as all of the school systems. Wow, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yes, indeed. That, that, that's a lot of work. And so for you know someone who's worked in the county and kind of understand the great work that you all do, why, why was grassroots needed in Howard County? Well, Grassroots was created 50 years ago. Grassroots was created by a group of college students that they started a volunteer organization when they realized there were very limited resources for individuals experiencing substance use disorders crisis. Individuals had nowhere to go. They had no resources. They were finding without treatment. And a group of college students started the program in the 1970s, thinking about having a crisis center from there grassroots grew to really having a hotline, which at the beginning they thought, well, 
if people can know where we are, they can have a phone number, they can contact with us really quickly so they can come to grassroots. And throughout the years, it has been growing and developing into, but it really started by a group of people that said there's a need in the community, nobody's doing these services and we should go together. And they were all volunteers and it was like that for many years. Wow, that's amazing. And so I know over the years, the, the crisis services have, have grown and expanded. And could you just touch on a couple of the new crisis services or expanded crisis services you've been providing? Absolutely. So one of the major projects that we started doing was the 211 health check. That program started about, I would say, two years ago, where individuals can sign up for a telephonic program in which we will do a check-in once a week on the time of the desire of the individual. And this is open to anyone in Maryland, and they wish to have a connection with an individual in any on their time, on their terms. And we call them, the system has it that we can call to anybody 24-7, any given day day and check with somebody who may be struggling with any type of crisis. So that program is very interesting. It has been very successful. We receive about 2,600 calls a month, and the individuals seem to be quite pleased with the response of that program. We have also been part of services in the community. We have expanded to really have an urgent care program that is really helpful for people that can walk in and receive services. We have peer recovery specialists that are here in order to be able to provide that session with clients and have that level of empathy and understanding of what the individual is experiencing, as well as our substance use disorders have grown tremendously throughout the years. And now we're working on implementing a crisis stabilization program for mental health disorders. Wow. And so for the wide range of services you provide, how do individuals actually know how to connect to grassroots? I know you mentioned a hotline number, but how do folks know how how to get there? What was beautiful about grassroots is that there's individuals have many ways to connect. So we're part of the 211 system, 211 press one, Maryland crisis line, 211 health check. We have a internal number that is, has been very known by the community because we have been here 50 years. Our local number, we are also part of 988 and we also have our main number that is a business number that is publicized everywhere. So grassroots is very well known to Howard County and is also well known to other individuals outside of Howard County because of the many different lines that they can connect with us. Yeah, we, and we definitely know it's embedded in Howard County. Are, are folks who are accessing the, the services, do they come from all across Maryland or, or mostly in Howard County for services? So it depends. Our homeless services are very specific and we try to, the priorities given to Howard County residents. However, we receive individuals from all across Maryland, sometimes from other states. And it's the mission of grassroots to provide services to anybody that walk in without any terms of discrimination or just we try to help everybody that comes on board. In terms of the hotline, we receive uh, calls from all the entire state of Maryland, depending on the program, you know, some Programs are divided by regions, but we tend to reach out to an extended audience across the state. That's great. And, and so we know that you, your team handles various types of, of crises. What, what's the experience like when someone calls? What happens when someone calls a center in order to get help? So the first thing that we are going to be a very warm greeting because it takes a lot of courage to call a hotline. It's not an easy process. Do you pick up the phone and talk to a stranger or do you text a line or you chat with somebody? So we try to be a very warm greeting, telling individuals, thank you for calling for, you know, we're here. How can we help you? What would you like to discuss today? So the warm greeting to get the person in, to feel comfortable. And then we listen. We listen to what the person has to say. We listen on how they feel. We give them a space. We give them space for silence. Some people call and they just want to share how they're feeling that day. Some other individuals may call an insignificant level of distress. Our goal is to de-escalate as much as possible 
and also provide a level of comfort and empathy so the individual can deal with the crisis they're experiencing at that moment and be able to reconnect with the world on a daily basis that they live in. Yeah, just, you know, having, as you said, someone on the other line that's empathetic, it, it definitely helps. And so are there some kind of common signs that might indicate someone is in crisis or how does, you know, typical individual know that, you know, I should be calling grassroots because I, I may need help? I think it's different for every person. I think okay. that COVID did escalated what people really before you may have not been reached out to a crisis line, whereas during COVID, people felt very isolated and scared and terrified. And so it, it led to a lot of people having to connect with somebody. Every individual has a reason, a different reason for calling a crisis line. And what we see on a typical day is individuals that are exhausted with life, exhausted with the stress of the daily stress, still adjusting to the world they were in with COVID because COVID never went away. And now have we all gone to our normal lives, but COVID is still here. And kind of dealing with all the stresses that come with that. Every individual sees their own crisis and they determine exactly when is the time that they need to call for help. Having called grassroots before makes the individual a lot more comfortable to call again. So they feel that once they call and they receive that warm, that empathy is easier process to call them again. What has expanded services tremendously is text and chat. And that allows a significant higher level of confidentiality because they feel that they don't have to release any information. You can completely, completely anonymous on text on a chat and still receive the same type of worth and empathy from another person on the other side. Yeah, which is which is great that there are multiple ways to to really connect. So, are there any kind of misconceptions or myths about crisis that you know you might hear or just hear folks tend to talk through the internet that we may see, or just really misconceptions of what crisis call centers can provide and they can't provide? I would say the first misconception is that people don't appreciate if they feel they call the hotline and intervention was sent during the course of the call because the crisis could not be de-escalated. And there's a sense that if you call a crisis line, they're going to send the police to your home immediately. That is very rare very rare, only occurs in maybe 3% of the cases. We try to de-escalate and we try to work with the individual and we try to engage with the individual and we always try the least invasive method of intervention. So we will work with them to engage with mobile crisis team, to engage with an urgent care, to engage with a provider, to connect with the resources before intervention and emergency services are sent. But there's this sense that people fear that if they call a crisis hotline, the police will immediately show up at your door. And that is a very big misconception because it is the minority of the calls in which this happens and only when really is absolutely necessary. I would say the other misconception is that we can solve everything under the sun, which is not the case. Some individuals may think, oh, well, I'll call the hotline and they'll give me a place to leave or they'll solve all of my problems in, in a phone call. And it takes a lot of work. It takes time. Sometimes we require the individuals to come in, to sign releases of information, to connect to other people. We try to do a lot of warm hands off to other organizations. Our organizations are mostly are open nine to five. So if they call at three in the morning, that's not an easy process. So there's this sense that, well, okay, I called the hotline. They didn't solve my problem. I'm, I'm done. And we try to work with individuals to say, 
yes, you call the hotline, but give us time to resolve your situation because it will take a definite amount of time to connect with our individuals to give you the resources that you need. Yeah, and it's definitely a good place to start to call. That first step is really taking that call. And so for, you know, folks who, you know, we know grassroots is 24-7, 365. And so as you mentioned, the people that are answering the calls are you know, empathetic. But what, what type of training or qualifications do a lot of this call specialists have? So grassroots requires that all call takers, ta- text takers and chat takers have a bachelor's degree. We require 48 hours of initial training that is a structure. It is face-to-face and also has very specific trainings that are designed by professionals that work in the crisis services programs. As part of a 988 program, we also have to follow the regulations of the National Association that manages 988, which is Viron, and there's very specific trainings towards how to answer a phone call, how to respond to crisis, how to intervene when it's necessary, what are the specific steps? We have very specific rigid protocols that are designed by the American Association of Suicidality, as well as the International Council of Helplines. And grassroots requires that individuals that work at grassroots after a year obtain the crisis counselor certification. So that's a very specific program. It takes about eight months to obtain that certification. So our counselors here are very well trained. After the 48 hours of structured training, they have a shadowing period and there's a score that they have to pass in order for them to work independently. Wow, that's great. And, and so that yeah, it goes to show the experience and the, the training, which is important. So we, we've always appreciated you know, your partnership here with 201 Maryland. We know that uh, the county, that they are various partners that healthcare providers you work with. So what, what, what are some of those other collaborations that you do have in the county that help support some of the work? So we collaborate with almost every agency in the county. We have very strong partners. We work with Howard County Public School Systems, Howard County Office of Partnership, Howard County Executive Office Government. We work with very closely with the health department. Grassroots is the only crisis center for Howard County. So the health department and grassroots work extremely close. We work with Howard County Local Health Authority, as well as many other partners within Howard County that refer clients because Howard County is a single point of entry for the county grassroots receives referral from almost every nonprofit organization in the county because they know if their client is experiencing any crisis or homelessness crisis, the place to go to resolve the situation is grassroots. We are the point of entry for anyone in need and we are the connection. So as much as we receive referrals, we refer clients to every resource available in the county and outside of the county, depending where that individual that is calling from. So if an individual is in Baltimore County, we assure that we have partners and connections in Baltimore County in order to connect them and refer them. We also do an extensive network of mental health providers and substance use disorders providers. So we have a locator in which we will connect the individual depending on their geographic location of the services that they need. Wow, that's great. And so you, you, you mentioned, you know, you, you just mentioned it regarding the, the shelter and, and providing you know, crisis intervention. So how, how do you kind of balance the two with you know, supporting some immediate shelter needs while also addressing some of the other underlying causes for the individuals that you serve? 
Well, we are very specific assessments. So first, the individual will, will complete a housing assessment and a crisis services assessment. We use an evidence-based form for social determinants of health. We use a prepare form, and that form allows us to identify what are the needs of the individual at that particular time. And we do a priority based on what is the immediate need at that particular time. And then we follow that prioritization to make sure that we address what is needed. There is an urgency at the present time, and we have to determine which one is taking priority. So if the crisis the individual is experiencing is too significant and they would not be able to function in a shelter environment, then we need to make sure with an intervention that will address that specific crisis at that specific time. Once that is resolved, then we can move on to thinking about a congregate living type that will be able to support the individual. Okay. And so, you know, in providing all of these valuable services, what, you know, are there challenges to this? You know, there's, you know, there's staffing, there's just, as you said, you know, shelter space and some of the other resources that are needed. Are there, you know, challenges for providing all of these crisis intervention services? There's every challenge known to men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I think that being that we're a nonprofit, funding is always a big challenge. Funding to be able to support all the services that we provide is very limited. There is an understanding that you can stretch a dollar in 50 million ways. Mm -hmm. And before COVID, that was true to a point, but since after the pandemic, it has been even more difficult for us to do that. Staffing is a significant concern for us. We have been open through the pandemic. We offer in-house services. We are at walking crisis services. We need individuals on site, which is difficult because most people will prefer a different type of environment. We have a very challenging population that we work with. Sometimes during crisis, individuals tend to express themselves in different ways that can be very difficult for others that are trying to help to accept these the staff is one of our major challenges that having individuals that want to do this kind of work, that want to dedicate their life to this kind of work and having individuals that really want to work with others who are struggling all the time. It's one thing to, you know, have one call a day where the person is struggling. It's another thing to receive 50 calls a day where everybody's struggling. So it takes a special person to really want to do this work. And also spaces for congregate living are very limited. All of the emergency shelters and emergency programs in Maryland are typically very busy and if not at capacity. So funding spaces for people to be in these types of crisis is difficult. Yeah. And how have you been able to be creative with overcoming these these challenges? As you mentioned with COVID, you, you, you were still open. You're a 365 day a year shop. How, how have you been creative with overcoming some of these financial and other challenges that you have? Grassroots is a nonprofit. So we are able to do a lot of fundraising work, and we do. Okay. We have a very active fundraising team, a developing team, a marketing team. We depend deeply on the generosity of individuals in Howard County. Grassroots is well-loved in Howard County, and the Howard County residents are very investing to assure that Howard County continues to exist, which is something very important for us. Grassroots will not be in existence without the generosity of the Howard County community. There is no way. We receive donations of 
every kind. Food is one very important aspect of the donations that we receive. The meals that we serve in the evening are all donated by how our county communities and sometimes outside of county communities. We have a large number of volunteers that come to grassroots to provide services. We have a very invested congregations that really care to assure the grassroots continues to provide services and they have been integral to provide for us to allow us to continue to serve. We have created some virtual jobs that are individuals that really don't want to be in the office. So we invested on our technology to assure that we can provide those services virtually. And we have also created hybrid positions to assure that there's coverage on site, but there's also given the opportunity for individuals to work from home. Yeah. And, and so, you know, because how grassroots is a nonprofit, you know, you don't have to just be from our county to make any donation or contribution to help support the effort. You can be from any, anywhere across the state, right? Correct. So we accept them. And we have very invested. We receive a lot of grants. We apply for grants in Maryland, outside of Maryland. We apply mm-hmm. for grants. So there is a large community outside of Howard County that also support grassroots efforts. That's good. In your experience, what do you wish more people knew about, I guess, mental health or crisis intervention or just seeking help in general? Crises come and go for people and sometimes they don't realize there's help out there. Sometimes they undermine their own feelings and they feel, well, this shall pass and I have to feel miserable for this period of time. When in reality, at that particular time, there's always somebody ready to listen, to help, to help you navigate through that process. It is important to connect with others. It is important to have that other person who will listen to you and will be empathetic and help you through this very difficult time in your life. Everybody at grassroots is ready and able to provide that listening ear, that time for the individual. We always invite people to connect with us, to take that first step. And even for from a perspective of 211 health check, for example, you don't even have to make that. All you have to do is one connection, sign up for the program, and we will contact you on a weekly basis. It's taking that first step, just either signing up for a program or connecting with us at whenever time the individuals want. I think that people tend to wait until the crisis is, you know, to the point that they cannot handle it when it would be helpful to call when you are starting to feel the stress or starting to feel devastated or starting to feel overwhelmed. Is the good time to start connecting with someone that is in the other side where waiting to hear from you? That's great advice. Is, is there, and I'm sure there are many success stories. Is there any, any particular that kind of stands out that you, know, you guys have supported someone there and there was just you know, a great success or just excited and happy about? We had an individual that came to us directly from the detention center. This was an individual that was sentenced for a very significant charge. They had spent over 20 years in the justice system and they came to grassroots once they were released, but absolutely nothing. They they called grassroots and we asked them to come over and they had nothing. They were in the system for over 20 years. They didn't have a place to leave. They were released with nothing. And unfortunately, all despite the fact that they were in the system, in the justice system for so many years, they're mental health concerns were not being addressed appropriately. When they were discharged from the system, they were discharged just as they came in. No follow-up, no medications. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, 
there's many reasons for this. I, I think that the justice system does what they can and they attempt to connect people to services that the whole person needs to say, yes, I want to connect. And first of all, getting a provider that is going to see somebody with that type of history within yeah. hours because we need medications, understanding what the person is struggling. They had spent a few things, a few days outside, and then attempting to find housing for somebody that comes with such a strong legal background. And in a matter of months, we were able to connect them with housing and mental health resources, and they're now doing well. I mean, they're, they have their challenges like everybody else, but they're safe. They're in an individual place. They connect with a mental health provider, and they're doing quite well. Well, that's great. That's a great story to hear. In, in closing, is there anything else you would like to share? I think it's important for everyone to know the great work that gets done at the crisis lines and the crisis programs across Maryland. We need the support of everyone for us to continue to be in, in existence and functioning. We're here to help anybody at any time. We don't ask questions. All we care is that the individual connect with us and we are able to provide the assistance they need. Again, thank you so much, Dr. Mariana. I appreciate you being a part and being a wonderful partner and, and all the great things that Grassroots are doing. Thank you so much for joining us. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for listening and subscribing to What's the 211 Podcast. We are here for you 24-7, 365 days a year, simply by calling 211. Also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at 211 Maryland or at dragondigitalradio.podbean.com.